Good to be back on the beat. Took the Monday show off. We are on the summer schedule of Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Sometimes, frankly, there's not a whole lot going on, but there's been a few things that's happened since our last show on Friday. Actually, Monday turned out to be quite the daily double of entertainment. Took the family to see Top Gun Maverick and then, of course, watched the lightning game with the family, and both were uh, pretty uh, filled with entertainment. A couple of hokey moments in Top Gun Maverick, but uh, most of it was not hokey and really, really cool. First time I'd been in a movie theater in about five years, too. Went to the AMC there in Veterans, and then, of course, watched the Bolts get back into it, wishing them the best of luck to even up that series tonight. As far as the USF Bulls beat, the show won't be the full length. We'll fill out the hour with some bonus cut action, some old memories for you. We'll also end it with some conference news around the American. Some of it, and that's the whole idea of doing the conference show, ties to the Bulls, namely the future of their men's soccer group when it comes to the American Athletic Conference. For this one year, it'll look a certain way, and then a certain team will be departing. A certain team down the interstate will be departing for 2023, though. That was pretty interesting stuff. We can also finish the story, at least for now, on Erica Smith. We told you on Friday's show that she was trying for her first professional victory, She got it. We'll give you the details and tell you about our plans to interview Erica for this show. I'll be going back to campus today. Definitely plan on making my way to the Muma Center as basketball is having its summer workouts. Got some new members of the staff and team. And, of course, doesn't mean I don't want to talk to the members that have been around, including head coach Brian Gregory. Definitely want to grab some football interviews if and when I can. I've got a name that uh, is at the top of the list, but... Also seeing, speaking of lists, the strength and conditioning coach, A.J. Artis, putting out again the players who are getting the work done in the weight room, the grit rankings leaders. Once again, I notice the name Gary Bohannon on there. You might have heard about him being a transfer quarterback, but also Demontre Jacobs, big offensive lineman who we've never spoken to, at least for this show. So some guys that I want to talk to and definitely want to talk to B.J. Daniels. My offices happen to be alongside where the ticket offices are and the Bulls club is and a guy that I see walking around there more than any other football coach, B.J. Daniels, and well, I guess this would explain it. He's not a football coach anymore, but he is a big time still member of the USF staff as it was confirmed on Tuesday. Announced by Michael Kelly that B.J. Daniels will be now working with the Bulls club as its assistant director of development involving community and donor engagement, working with alumni and even some student athletes to Join the mission of USF Athletics Bulls Club, basically the fundraising arm. Lalo Prado, someone that B.J. Daniels I see talking to a lot now, again makes sense, is the deputy AD and the associate vice president for development of the Bulls Club, says B.J. has such a great connection with Bulls Nation and the Tampa Bay community, and we look forward to having him on our team. Of course, he, B.J., was the quarterback for the Bulls. I had already planned on some 2014 football to air today, so we'll keep that on the schedule couple memorable games, Marlon Mack's debut, where he tied the school rushing record for yards in a game and actually had one more carry to overcome that. And the biggest comeback in school history against Tulsa will stay on the schedule. And then, of course, Thursdays are meant for 2007 football. But I'll probably slide in a couple of B.J. Daniels' better games there on Thursday morning and sprinkle them throughout the afternoon. That, of course, Florida State win immediately comes to mind. That'll be in there. But the 2012 win against Nevada, which we have not replayed in a while, was certainly another one. 
but we'll throw those on there. He, the point is, was a quarterback for the Bulls across four seasons, 21-12 and 12 record, and naturally some very, very memorable victories, including the bowl win against Clemson. That's the one game, for many reasons, Jeff Scott being with Clemson at the time, not least of which, but that's the one game that unfortunately we just do not have an audio recording of. If anyone knows, maybe your listener that used to be on the radio station that carried those games, a radio station that didn't do a great job of obviously saving the audio, because we would be replaying that plenty, the Mining Key Car Care Bowl, and we just don't have it. But yeah, that was one of his most memorable victories as well. And of course, after a five-year NFL career and tried a couple of the auxiliary football leagues, took a head coaching job with his alma mater in Tallahassee, and then last year came to USF. It really didn't matter what his job title was. Turns out he was a quality control assistant, and now he is with the Bulls Club. So it's great to know that he'll still be around and very active. And again, we are going to get him in a corner there and right near the Bulls Club is a good area. I can interview B.J. Daniels. And if I don't, I'm going to, speaking of pin in the corner, get Mr. Michael Kelly to uh, have a Bull Speed Ahead podcast with B.J. Daniels. That probably wouldn't be a bad way to go, but that's not the end of that story, in other words. Definitely not the end of her professional career story. It's off to a pretty good start. The Women's All-Pro Tour, we talked about this, how it is the link for aspiring professional women's golfers. It is the link to try to get to the next step, the Epson Tour. And then after that, you're on the actual tour. Well, Erica Smith, who played for USF for a couple years and left, not for another school, but to try and become a professional, had a big-time occurrence this past weekend. She wrapped it up actually on Friday, winning the Merritt Health Natchez Classic in Mississippi at the Beaupre Country Club. She actually was at the top of the leaderboard and stayed near it the entire way, obviously. 12 under par was her final score, and it saved her best round for last. In fact, her best hole for last. We'll get there in a second, but we told you about the 300 par first round, had her atop the leaderboard, managed to pull it off in spite of a pair of sixes, including a double bogey, because she had seven birdies. More steady, but nothing spectacular in that second round, 71. And then in the third round, another three under par, specifically three under on the back nine. Still looked like she was going to need maybe a wobble from the leader, another player from Orlando. And that's exactly what happened. Mariel Galdiano had the lead going into the final round. Smith was three shots back and still two shots back going into the back nine. But Galdiano would bogey the 11th and the 12th. That pulled Smith into a tie. Then her big stretch to take the lead saw her birdie two out of three holes, namely the par 3 13th and the par 4 15th. She had a one-shot lead going into the final hole. And what do you do on a par 5? You drop your second shot within three feet of the cup. And you eagle to close it out. That's not a bad way to get your first professional championship. Five under, final round of 67. $10,000 $10,000 to the winner, Erica Smith, the former USF golfer, a 12 under par total. So it's not just current coaches and student athletes that we want to interview for this show. I'm definitely going to reach out to the Brewers and see if I can't get that Peter Streslecki character on the show. Definitely wanted to talk to Erica, gave her a message yesterday, and she got back to me last night. Why did it take her a few hours to get back to me? She's playing in another event. In fact, turned in the first round at the current stop on the WAPT. That is the Oscar Williams Classic at Hurricane Creek in Anna, Texas. 
where she shot a two-under for her first round. Puts her four off the lead of, guess who? Mariel Galdiano, who bounced back pretty well. 93 golfers in this event. Top 36 make the cut after two rounds. Erica Smith is tied for seventh. And she said, I'll have some time this weekend, namely after that event ends. It runs Tuesday through Friday, obviously. So we'll see how she does this week in Texas. And no matter how she does, we'll have her on the show via the phone for you next week. Congratulations once again to the recent bull, Erica Smith. And speaking of recent Bulls, a favorite for sure if you're a supporter of the women's basketball team, Betty Manunga. We now know where her professional career will begin. In Romania, I'm not going to pretend that I followed the Romanian Professional League, but after doing a little research, I can tell you that ACS, Sepsi, SIC, Sfantu, George, or just Sepsi, SIC, was the champion last year. And the year before that, in fact, only lost one game. And we'll learn more about this team, but we can just tell you that Betty Manunga has announced, of course, Betty, the former power forward of the Bulls, almost averaged a double-double her first two seasons, just came up shy on the points side, and then actually averaged a double-double last year with 10.6 points and 11.5 rebounds. Just unbelievable rebounding presence, and more than that, a wonderful person. I glanced at the roster of this Sepsi SIC team, and it does have just a couple of Americans, but most of the players are from Romania. Brittany Jones, who played at UAB, and Shaq Wallace, who played in the States as well, are on that team. And again, a pretty darn good team that she is starting off her career with. Best of luck to Betty in that endeavor. Now, frankly, in the summer, a lot of the news is going to be around comings and goings for the teams, and we anticipate the fall schedules starting to get released here soon as well. But certainly when we find out about a former Bull announcing where they're headed next, we'll let you know. Of course, Jarrett Eaton comes to mind. Baseball saw over the weekend that he is announcing his final season will be at Jacksonville State. Of course, USF baseball fans will never forget what Jarrett did for the team, and he happens to be an outstanding individual as well. The Women's tennis team has announced the addition of a transfer from Mississippi State and a pretty accomplished one from Spain as well. Marta Falsetto jumped right into the starting lineup at Mississippi State. Honestly, didn't play that much in SEC matches her first season. Really thrived out of conference. But listen, the SEC for tennis is, well, the best conference. So you're not going to have a great SEC record. But her overall singles record in three years at Mississippi State is above 500 at 30 and 23. She's actually 14 and 10 as a freshman. So Marta Falsetto is coming to the Bulls from an SEC school. We definitely need to mention this. There's going to be a different look to the men's tennis team. They've announced a couple of additions, but also announcing, and we've already told you, about Chase Ferguson, Oklahoma State, along with Tony Muniz moving on. Now, Ivan Yatsuk is moving on and has announced he'll have his graduate season at Northwestern, a team that went 20-11 and 11 last year, by the way, made it to the second round of the NCAA tournament, lost to the host and number eight seed Kentucky in a tight match. So the two players, Yatsuk and Chase Ferguson, who alternated the top two spots for the Bulls, are going to finish up their careers at another school, needless to say. Ashley Fisher's men's tennis team will have a different look to it. Another transfer coming in, though, is Kayla Hug, two Gs. She joins the track and field program after three seasons at Nebraska. She is originally from Virginia. Uh, nice note about Kayla Hug, her high school in Virginia actually sounds like the name of a track and field event. Broad Run. 
Also saw my buddy Joey Mitchell, who does a lot as far as the facilities, put up a nice little photo, and we'll get more details on this. In fact, I'll probably stroll by the corral, not probably, I will, to take pictures for myself of a new surface going down at the corral. Over the next two seasons, it's going to be a sort of a soft intro this year, and then really big renovations for the following. There's going to be some major upgrades to the corral, along with a lot of facilities. The indoor performance facility, not the only one that's getting a nice little facelift and facelift is probably underselling it and definitely wanted to mention this and he is again a former bull if you remember last season one of the players that was supposed to be in the running possibly to be quarterback the Miami transfer Jaron Williams kind of we just stopped talking about him he ended up going to Alabama A&M well last week he announced his retirement from football in an instagram post citing mental health concerns says that after a concussion this past year he was battling depression he says walking away from the game was probably one of the hardest decisions i've ever made i've made some great memories and bonds that will last i used to feel trapped in this game because i couldn't imagine a life without football i felt like if i didn't go to the nfl i failed at life i've been playing this game since i was four I had to choose my mental health and happiness, which meant stepping away from the game. Very heartfelt comments from Jaron Williams, and we certainly wish him the best, truly, wherever life takes him, but it will be taking him away from, well, being a quarterback, but that hardly matters. We wish him the best. Hey, if you didn't see it, I retweeted it, and I promise to give a full update one of these days as far as all of the current Bulls baseball players that are in summer ball, but... A highlight, and he had been struggling. Actually, read a pretty good recap on Drew Brutcher's struggles at the plate until last night in Chatham, Massachusetts, playing for Falmouth of the Cape Cod League. He had his first homer of the summer, and it's simply a video that you have to see. It's probably the hardest ball I've ever seen Drew Brutcher hit, and that's saying something. And the video is great because it's the Chatham announcers giving him full credit, except for the guy at the end who says he stood to admire it. He actually should have stood to admire it. He hit the ball and flipped the bat like a normal, get rid of the bat, and then started running around the bases. He could have walked around them backwards based on how hard he hit the ball. But as I said on Twitter, my favorite parts of the video were you can hear people saying, oh, it hit the car. And also just watch the second baseman for the Chatham team. He does not move. He knew what was happening. So Drew Brutcher cranks one out, and he is one of many Bulls hitters and pitchers who are performing in summer ball, as it seems like the baseball season never ends, even after the Bulls portion of the schedule ends. Also, something that I saw, Orion Kirkring was performing at a Major League Baseball draft combine and was getting some raves for the spin rate he put on the ball. So there is a pretty decent chance that Kirkring gets drafted. And, well, I'm going to guess that the Bulls bring in some arms as they had issues with injuries and whatnot this year, as you all know. But whatever happens, coming, going, turning pro, we'll keep you informed right here. By the way, my Twitter page is my name. How you spell it is the key, Derek, D-A-R-E-K-Sharp. That's Bulls Beat for a Wednesday. Next show coming up on Friday. Thanks for listening.